All right, we're at Riverwind Casino on a Friday. It's the final hour for us. Let's go. With Josh on Plank, Riverwind.com, all kinds of great concerts and comedy shows coming up. Uh, they just announced at Aaron Lewis, which is next Thursday night. Yeah, next Thursday night is a sellout inside the Showplace Theater. Pete Davidson, tickets available for his December 3rd appearance here in Oklahoma at Riverwind Casino. And Lee Bryce has a new date bringing his show to Norman slash Goldsby, baby, on December 15th. Boys to Men already sold out. Mm. Boys to Men, do you consider them a boy band or not, Josh Helmer? I, you know, a little bit before my time, I would probably say okay. yes, but uh, again, um, I don't know that I'm an expert on it. I don't think they are, but that's me. See, and I, I'd allow I think- that. You, you lived it. You, your your opinions, oh. your expertise matters more than mine. You know, I actually have a family member that went to a Boys to Men concert. Maybe I'll ask them. Anyway, that's all available at Riverwind.com, or you can come by. The OTB is incredible. They've uh, done a ton of renovations in here. We're located right outside Chips and Ales, so come on by and say hey with a plank show on the let, road. All right, let's um. Let me ask you this. Get a, oh, go ahead. Boys to Men, was there a lot of, like, synchronized dancing? No. Okay, then not a boy Singing. band. Okay, hold on. Hold on. No, I, I would get corrected really quickly. I do think there was in Motown Philly. Because remember, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, they had learned the dance moves. I think that Motown Philly might be the closest thing they have to a boy band moment. But everything else, on bended knee, into the road, water runs dry. Yeah, I was pretty much a sap in the early 90s, y'all. All of them. Those aren't boy band songs. But then again, someone would say incomplete doesn't really mean the Backstreet Boys isn't a boy band, right? So well, how did we get – this is my fault. This has all it, become because boys to men are coming to Riverwind. And NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, definitely boy bands. Definitely, definitely. All right, top five stories of the day. Uh, our good friends over at Newcastle Casino. NewcastleCasino.com. Bring it to you, and it starts now. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino. NewcastleCasino.com. A great OT. Well, any OTB is a great OTB for me. Uh, and you can go to Newcastle.com. NewcastleCasino.com, where your rewards are waiting for you. Okay, big story number five. Number five. So... Josh, you cover the Big Ten. Why? Why do you feel like this Michigan story is continuing to grow and build the way that it is? Our coaches, coaches seem to be really mad about this. They do, and I don't know. That's a good question that you ask outside of it's just gotten a lot of momentum that way early on, right? And mm-hmm. they've won the league multiple years in a row so when when you've got someone that's a conference champion that clearly was skirting the rules 
it's not going to sit well. And it feels no. like it feels like the door to coaches and ADs, et cetera, et cetera, to be critical and share their input. When the Big Ten got involved as a conference outside of the NCAA, it feels like that was the moment where, hey, they could really, really collectively as coaches sort of share their opinion and hammer the Wolverines over it, which probably they should. I was trying to queue up the Ryan Walters show. I was unfortunately unable to because I was – editing Mike Gundy audio. <laughs> but on his Thursday night radio show, Ryan Walters, former Oklahoma, wasn't an assistant coach. He was, um, oh, gosh, why am I blanking on what they call the different levels of coach? He wasn't like a grad analyst. Assist, analyst, thank you. Uh, it's unfortunate, Walters said. What's crazy is they weren't allegations. It happened. There's video evidence. There's ticket purchases and sales that you can track. We know for a fact that they were at a number of our games, so we've had to teach our guys a new language in terms of some signals. Uh, I'm still miffed by one of my favorite dudes last week just being like, I don't think it's that big of a deal because the coaches aren't saying anything. I'm like, are you paying attention to this story? (laughs) The coaches and the universities are handing out every single little tidbit of information they have. This has been the most one-sided investigation ever from this perspective. Everybody's cooperating. Nobody's pleading the fifth, and it's not illegal. Now, I don't need a yeah, but on the Kenneth Meyer Chevrolet text line. But, I mean, everybody is on board. The Big Ten coaches held the call that we talked about yesterday where they expressed their concerns about the off-campus scouting. Petiti was urged to act, a message that was echoed by several athletic directors during a video call on Thursday. All right, so here's my question, and then we'll move on to uh, the NFL weekend and the game last night with big stories four and three. What do they want? I, when you're saying you need to act, I mean, do they? They want them like not able to be able to count wins. I mean, what's the? That's where I'm confused in all of this. What is the proper punishment? It's a good question. Uh, another one. Uh, some sort of scholarship reduction or games lost for Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they want a legitimate punishment for Coach Harbaugh. Beyond, uh, you know, the self-enforced, what, four games that he, he took earlier this year? Mm-hmm. I mean, here's – we've talked enough about it. We'll hit big story four. But Number four. It, it appears as if coaches and administrators – you know, what's the – what's my favorite little gif? The stick figure that has a stick, and he's like do poking something. the dog. Do something. Say something. Do something. something. <laughs> that's what that's what the Big Ten coaches are saying. Okay, number four. Boy, what an awesome weekend we have on tap in the National Football League. Tyree Kill versus the Kansas City Chiefs. It would have been great to play in KC, but it really doesn't matter where we play at. You feel me? They're going to get this work wherever, though. Look, y'all ready to use that. <laughs> He's right. This, yeah, I, we're fully prepared for that. Would this have been in Kansas City? Uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs. Uh, oh. I think they gave up the home game. Gosh, when did have you dug enough? Like Miami went on Monday. Like literally, they played their game on Sunday, and they're like, "All right, let's go to Germany." What do you know when Kansas City left? I think they left yesterday or got there yesterday. Yeah, we've seen. Everyone has a different approach. I, the Raiders went down there and spent a week. 
and got destroyed by a team that flew in the day before the game. <laughs> right? And then earlier this year, it was the Jaguars were there for two weeks and beat everybody. And I think both teams they played flew in the day before. Now both of these teams are getting in relatively early. I I can't wait for it. 8.30 on Saturday morning. Sorry. 8.30 on Sunday morning, Chiefs and Dolphins. Meanwhile, Devontae Adams was asked about the feeling around the Raiders locker room. Don't get it confused. We not it's not a celebration that we, you know, we have a new coach and, you know, there's, there's been changes made. We obviously I think it was time, um, one way or the one way or the other, it was time for some sort of change. Um, just to bring a little juice in and, and, you know, revitalize the team a little bit. And I think it's more of a mindset that we're trying to um, you know, not force, but just have moving forward to to just be as positive as possible. Did you happen to see Josh yesterday? The video coming out of Raiders uh, Raiders practice, like in the locker room. Devontae Adams is playing basketball. They've got a basketball hoop in the locker room now. There's cornhole uh, bags and a, a I, I don't know what you would call the actual targets, but they had boards. They had the boards. I mean, literally. It was almost as if mom and dad had left to go out of town for the weekend and the kids were in charge and they were doing nothing but eating candy and watching movies. I mean, it was like a party. <laughs> you can sit here and say, well, you know, we don't wanna, we're not sitting here trying to say we're celebrating. Sure did look like it to me, Josh. Sure did look like it to me, Devontae Adams. Um, meanwhile, Derek Carr was asked about the Raiders' changes. I just feel for them and their family. You know, I, I've been through it, you know, and this business is so tough that we forget the human side of things, you know. And so, uh, you know, my, my heart is for Josh and Dave and, you know, for my friends over there dealing with another change. You know, that's, you know, I, I, I lost count how many coaches it was for me at, at that point. And, you know, there's another change, you know, for those guys to go through and a new scheme to learn, a new philosophy to learn. And, I, and that, doesn't, that doesn't make it easy as a player. But, you know, at the end of the day, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Shut up. Nobody cares. Uh, anything else in the National Football League that's caught your eye getting ready for, what, week nine? It is a great week, isn't it? I mean, yes. Chiefs-Dolphins, uh, obviously Eagles-Cowboys should be uh, should be pretty good. So, yeah, th- these are tough games to pick this week. It is. Dude, I, I'm like a new man right now. I am so excited for Raiders football. You, ding dong, the witch is dead. I'm like one of the little munchkins running around whatever the land was. Well, I guess it would be Oz. <laughs> but running around with Dorothy. I'm so happy. It's like, yeah, let's go. What, uh, what are the Raiders going to do? Who, who are they going to hire? Antonio Pierce is going to win out and win the job. What are you talking about? Who are they going to hire? <laughs> All right, big story number three. Number three. <laughs> Though I, I wouldn't mind seeing Jim Harbaugh in Vegas if this doesn't work. Last night, we did have a little NFL action, and it ended on this. Here's the snap. Four-man rush. He looks. He fires for the end. Intercepted! And that is Paul Alexander. His first of the season in this game is over. Will Levis tried to end it a couple of times. He tried to throw a couple of pit, uh, picks. Pittsburgh wins. Was that 20-16 to 16 last night? A game that was a little bit more entertaining than the final score would indicate, and third down conversions for Mike Tomlin were huge. You know, I thought we converted some third downs earlier, um, and 
you know, we've been talking about it. Like you, you convert possession downs, uh, you get more snaps. And, um, and so, you know, I think we converted our first third down of the game. Um, and it's, I don't know how many of those we've had. And so um, when you convert in third downs, you get more snap opportunities. Um, and that usually leads to the attrition component of play. Um, and, and really that's kind of representative of the run game. Yeah. Did you get to watch much last night? Uh, yeah, I did. It was uh, it was so bad it was good. <laughs> and, you know, there's only so much Iowa football I can watch in one week, and I feel like I'm watching that with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Do you? They're going to make the playoffs, aren't they? They're going to end up being one of those teams that finishes the year like 10-7, and 7, and they average like 20 points a game, and they make the playoffs. <laughs> Defense, 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 and some more defense. All right, big story number two. Number two. We already had a handful of games last night in college football leading to yet another big weekend. Uh, I mentioned I I had the two screens going for a while. I really – the Tech-TCU game was a little weird. I mean, Josh Hoover threw the ball 52 times last night. And we didn't know if Baron Morton was going to play. And then, lo and behold, Morton's magically back and looked pretty good and pretty efficient. Taj Brooks ran for 148 yards. Actually, let me let me rephrase that. Taj Brooks ran for 146 yards on 31 carries. As a team, Texas Tech ran for 146 yards on 42 carries. <laughs> what a stat. 35-28. Still a disappointing season for Texas Tech. No Big 12 championship ramifications involved in this game. TCU has a losing record. They're 2-4 and four in conference play. They might not even get bowl eligible with the schedule they have left. But for Texas Tech, Josh, big step towards bowl eligibility. And I know it's been a disappointing season, but here we go. You've got to win two of your final three games, Kansas, UCF, or Texas. To get bowl eligible for Texas Tech, same for TCU. You've got to win two of your final three games, which is Texas, Baylor, and at OU. Bro, neither one of these teams might go to a bowl game. I I wouldn't pick it right now, yeah, for either one. Definitely not for TCU. They've lost two straight, four of their last five. Not good for TCU. All right, uh, also in college football last night, I was – it was more than just – well, listen, real quick, before we go to the rest of college football, Josh, in the Big 12 this weekend, a bevy of good games. And everything seems to have a certain, like, ranking ramification. Let me explain. Kansas State and Texas, whoever comes away with that win, might be considered a favorite over the last couple of games to make the Big 12 tournament – or make the Big 12 championship game. But Kansas State has a bear of a final three. Now, I'm not real sold on Baylor, but they've got to go to Kansas, and then Farmageddon wraps things up. So Kansas State-Texas is fascinating. Houston at Baylor is is interesting to me, as is UCF at Cincinnati. By the way, someone's going to win that UCF-Cincinnati game, which will give them their first Big 12 win. But Houston at Baylor is fascinating to me because much like TCU, Josh, I would say the Big 12 has three of the bigger disappointments in college football this year. In TCU, Texas Tech, and Baylor. All three have just been terrible. Oh, yeah, no doubt. 
each one thought to be a legitimate Big 12 contender, and none of them sure. are anywhere close. Not even close. And, Not and even how close. about for Coach Sonny Dykes? I mean, is this a one-hit wonder, and it's it's going to be over before it ever got started? I've got to find that cut where after they had just been smoked, I think it was the Kansas State game, I've got to find it. And he goes, <sighs> and then he gives his opening statement. It's like the longest. It was, in other words, in other words, when you're in trouble and your dad starts or your mom would start to yell at you, there was always kind of like that calm before the storm. It's like just letting out the frustration. I think you got Kansas at Iowa State, right? BYU at West Virginia. I guess you could say at least in West Virginia, a team that's clinging to championship game hopes, as it is for Kansas and Iowa State. Who do you favor in this Kansas-Iowa State game, Josh? I think KU's going to win it. I like KU a lot. I wonder if we have any Jalen Daniels sightings either. We I w- saw him go through workouts last week, the pregame warm-ups last week. I worry a little bit about KU defensively not being able to get enough stops in the game. Right. But ultimately, for me, I'm going to lean that Bean and Neal and High Sean Company, that offensively they make enough plays to go win on the road. But I do worry about their defense. I agree. Uh, Duke beat Wake Forest last night, 24-21, while Troy knocked off South Alabama. Final score in that game was 28-10. to You have two games tonight, Boston College at Syracuse. That's at 6.30 on the Deuce. And then at 7 o'clock tonight on CBS Sports Network, Jay Norvell's Colorado State Rams take on Wyoming, which gets us to what we've been talking about all week. Big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, uh, notes, tidbits, things that caught my eye from last night, but let's at least get a little a little bit, a little bit from Mike Gundy. You heard what he had to say about Dylan Gabriel. How about before we break what Mike Gundy thinks about Oklahoma's, uh, about his Oklahoma State defense and how it matches up with Oklahoma? So we've, we've played pretty well as of late. We've given up some yards and some plays, but we've minimized points, which is important. Um, There's times that I felt like we needed to stop the rush better. We gave up the big pass uh, the other night uh, on a a play-action boot where we got caught and we left the over route. Um, We have made some progress. We still have a ways to go. And it'll be important in this game, as always, we have to play physical up front. They, They still want to rush the football. The history of the coordinator, his background, his pedigree, what he believes in is rush the football. And then they believe in the width of the field, flipping the ball out and flat and controlling the perimeter to treat those as running plays. That'll be an important matchup for our defense. Hmm. There you go. What about the Oklahoma offense and the Oklahoma defense? We'll dive into it next. Those are your top five stories of the day right here on The Ref. I'm a... I'm struggling with my six pack of picks, Josh. I'm not gonna lie. It's been a rough it's been a rough twenty four hours on it. But we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out by our uh by our next segment. How are you feeling? Uh I've got one game I feel really good about. And call beyond- that a lock in the business. Yes. <laughs> yes. But uh, and beyond that. <laughs> yeah, beyond that I need to do a little fishing. To the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 
All right, we've given a lot of analysis, I think, and a lot of cuts and a lot of perspectives. So let's hear from the people, shall we, Josh? Blue of Greene County, right? So basically what Mike Gundy's saying, he ain't scared of Jeff Levy's conservative sideline-to-sideline line of scrimmage passing. KU and UCF weren't scared either. He sounded like he seemed confident in the in the game plan, but the the physical nature. Let me, let me think of the better way to put that. Mike Gundy said, "What every single coach says, he needs to win the physical battle on the line of scrimmage." And yeah, if you took that from it, Blue, I don't think that's uh, too off kilter as far as what Gundy said. Do you? Seems like he's pretty confident. Well, and I think he thinks that his defense is playing playing good football at, at situationally important times, right? I mean, they've, right. they've made some critically uh, important takeaways here and there. The uh, the K-State game right before half and obviously the, the late game takeaways versus Kansas. It's I think he knows he doesn't have a great defense, but they've made some plays in spots when he's needed them to make plays, and probably feels like he's got a chance to do that this week versus OU. Wait, um, is this real life what's happening right now in Colorado? Are you following this? Uh, no, what's Am going I get- on? That they've demoted their offensive coordinator? Really? According to, uh, according to Brett McMurphy, Colorado quality control analyst Pat Shermer will take over play calling duties from OC Sean Lewis versus Oregon State. Deion Sanders first, though, must elevate Shermer from analyst to full-time coach to be eligible to coach. Lewis will still signal the plays in, but it's unknown which assistant will be demoted to make room for Shermer's promotion. Uh, Where's Vikings fan Travis Davison on this one? I mean, okay. Meanwhile, everyone's like, that's what Brent should have done. That's right. And I don't want to hear any more of these coaches say they can't make in-season changes. Enough of that nonsense. Dion did it. Sooner Brad writes. So, Well, we've got several Sooner Brads on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. This is Sooner Brad uh, part deux. So much talk about the jet sweep. Just for grins and giggles question, tie game. You can win the game. One minute to go. You have two timeouts. OU on the OSU 43-yard line, fourth and four. You only have two options. You can kick a field goal or run the jet sweep. Oh, well, that is – that seems like a – that's a 60-yard field goal, right? Is it 17 or 16? I think it kind of depends. They call it Russian roulette, everyone. Yeah, dude, that's a great question, Brad. Definitely not trying to kick that field goal. I mean, that's like a 59, 60-yard field goal. So give me the Jets. Now, if you were to say at the 33, let's push it to the 33, Josh. Now, this is a jet sweep with Gavin Freeman? No, no, no. He doesn't specify the athlete. He just says a jet sweep in general. But a jet sweep on fourth and four or a, what would that then be, a 40, gosh, that'd still be a really long field goal. That's still like a 49, 50-yard field goal from the 33. I think I'd rather kick the field goal. Hey, where's my wind sooner, Brad? (laughs) 
<laughs> Where's the wind on this one? Um, gosh. Hey, Blue had a double shot here, and I'm sorry I missed it because this is good. He writes, if you're Venables, and you know Big 12 refs have not called the most favorable games for OU, then why does Venables not tell Levy, do not ever call plays conservative until you get a 30-point lead? Well, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a wild I was trying to think of the, I guess you could say, leveling of blame and, and, and frustration for the different levels of blame and frustration for Sooner fans going back over the now almost, you know, two full seasons of the Brent Venables era. And, you know, it's funny you say, well, why not just keep your foot on the gas and don't. I, I think that that's what everyone wants to do. But there's also this thing we learned about last year, and the Oklahoma State game was the greatest example of it in 2022, which is complimentary football. And I I haven't heard it talked about too much this year. I think Oklahoma's been better at it, right? But then it goes from, hey, you're playing good complimentary football to, by God, the offense isn't explosive enough. It's like, what? They're, they're, they're playing complimentary football. They're hitting the gas when they need to hit the bat gas. They're taking a little bit more time when they don't have to rush. So it's kind of, I'm not saying it's, you know, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. But, I mean, you really can't, you can have it both ways, right? But also in, in certain instances, you are going to want to woe things up if the offense is, or the defense has been out on the field for a while and play that complimentary football. Unfortunately for Oklahoma, in those big moments Saturday, I mean, they ran the ball fairly well, but in those big moments Saturday, they just couldn't get it done. I'm not going back to Saturday anymore. Late game complimentary uh, football uh, was uh, left us wanting. Great way to put it. Great way to put it. Um, I have an ideal scenario, writes Camo Sooner. Drake Stoop scores a two, DD, two TDs and is the leading receiver. How poetic would it be for a Stoops to slam the door on the pukes on our way out the door? You know, there is one person slash phrasing that I miss a lot during Bedlam games, Josh, and seeing Camo Sooner refer to him as pukes. My buddy Michael Dean would never call it Stillwater. It was always Stillwater. Down here in Stillwater. Just crack me up. <laughs> crack me up. Well, that, that, is, it's, that is the name, right? That is the name. By the way, I'm not dogging anything Oklahoma State today. They took care of me. Take that. Uh, for the 405. Question. Why do you guys think Barnes and Sawchuck were so effective in the bowl game last year and not now? Is it just the injuries or execution? Their execution versus FSU was not a problem. Yeah, I, I think, Josh, well, I'm sorry. I've been very greedy on the text line. What would you – injuries, obviously, a major part of that, right? Absolutely. The, the health has got to be the biggest component to it. Never finding a rhythm this season, and yet – you're looking more prophetic by the day, my friend. Your was that the aberration, the uh, departure from the norm rather than the rule. I mean, it, it's looking more and more that way. With But right. Javante Barnes, I mean, how, how do you miss a hole like that? I, I just, I don't know. Uh, Sawchuck, there's been instances for him, too. It's, it's like they aren't confident in what they're doing all of a sudden. 
I think what makes it even more frustrating, now you got to go back a ways for Javante, right? But early in the season, you saw some of those moments. You saw some of those flashes, right? Well, throughout the entirety, right? I think, of last season. Sure. Oh, absolutely. There you go. But, I mean, recently it really seems like he's hampered with that injury. Gavin Sawchuk, on the other hand, it's you saw it last week, in the, or two weeks ago now in the fourth quarter, and you thought, there you go. Page has been turned. And even though he wasn't pathetic, terrible last Saturday, you know, it also wasn't just clipping off 10, 15, 20-yard runs. So he's, he's looked hesitant to me, man. Sawchuk's looked hesitant. But, yeah, I think it's a great question. I think it's a great – and also there was a lot of – you know, they got all the reps. They got every rep leading up to that bowl game. And I think that matters, too. I don't know why it didn't carry over this year. It's, and I think injuries are the major reason. Uh, Dallas Bill, one more quick one here. Actually, Dallas Bill and Joe in Tulsa get a double shot. Sorry to vent, guys, but I just got a call from my father-in-law. He's a Poke fan, and he has good season seats. He just informed me that he sold his four tickets and it paid for all of next season and then some. It's the only game I ask tickets for, and I f- got the shaft. Freaking pokes, uh, poke fans. I hope I draw his name for the Christmas name draw Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, apparently well, the uh, secondary market is absurd oh, for this game. Oh, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. Dallas Bill, I hate that for you. But your father-in-law got paid. I mean, he got paid with some of the money that's being offered out there or charged out there. Um, it's, I was, not, it's not personal, Dallas Bill. It's just business, baby. It's just business. It's just business. And then Joe and Tulsa writes, guys, every year we see teams that are undefeated late in the year, and they start playing uptight and lose to a team they shouldn't have. Oklahoma hasn't played aggressive and loose the last two weeks. The pressure is off now for the guys in Levy to go undefeated. I see them being aggressive on both sides Saturday. Your thoughts? Okay, so so kind of the old, all right, y'all, calm down. We learned what happens when you play tight or when you try to do other or try to do too much or try to do other people's job. Trust the defense, trust the offense, relax. You buy any of that? Uh, Sure, I do. Now, let's see it. I, you know, I, <laughs> last year Oklahoma didn't bounce back from setbacks. No. So I think this year is different. I think this team is different, but they've got to go show that. I, I do buy into the even last week aside, if it was a win or a loss, I think if they escaped with a win, Plank, they were going to come into this week with a reality that, look, we are not being ourselves. We have got to be more aggressive both sides sure. of football. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great day on the text line. Um, you can keep them coming to 405-651-3439. When we come back, Josh and I will give you our six-pack of picks leading right up to the final thoughts presented by Knippelma, or presented by Primrose Funeral Home right here on The Ref. All right, uh, we got two more segments left. This will be quick, our six-pack of picks before we get to the final thoughts presented by Primrose Funeral Services. You know, I've been terrible at writing down my picks this year, and it's kind of funny because I was so I was so excited to just, you know, say, I wonder how I would do picking games if I decided to become a professional gambler someday. And yet I keep no actual record of it, Josh. 
So I'm going to start this week with only three games left after this. All right. If you're new to the program, just found us. Uh, six pack of picks. Josh and I each find six games. They can be the same. And we give you a pick against the spread. Josh, I'll start because I have two Big Ten games. All okay. Right? I'm going to take Rutgers plus 18 and a half. I think they're going to, I think Ohio State's going to beat them. But, and I feel like I've fallen for this before. But I, I think Rutgers. I don't think it's going to be like a three-touchdown win. I think it's going to be a comfortable, you know, a two-touchdown win over Rutgers is a comfortable win for Ohio State, maybe even 17. 18 and a half seemed too much to me. I'd take Rutgers. I like it. I like it. That's uh, an improved Rutgers team. It it really is. Shiano is uh, delivering one of the better coaching jobs across really anywhere in America. So the game I feel really good about. I wish I, I should have jumped on the train earlier this week. Kansas State's beating Texas straight up. They're getting four hey. and a half, and uh, K State's going down to Austin. They're going to win that football game. Got that? That's also on my list too. I know that number's been all over the place. It's crept back up to four and a half after it opened at six. So I will take Kansas State as well, Josh. And then I'll just add one more to have a unique one. I think Nebraska is going to smoke Michigan State this weekend. Now, that, again, is not for me to say that Nebraska is good or that Michigan State is anything, but it's only three and a half. And, boy, Michigan State, you want to talk about teams that have been through the ringer so far this season. Michigan State has been through the ringer. I'll take Nebraska with my third pick. So I've got Rutgers, Nebraska, and Kansas State. Josh, where are you going next? What an eclectic uh, board you've got. I know, right? At the window right now. (laughs) (laughs) Parlay that, baby. Uh, Do you like – do you like – rants in sports yes well then let me show you Dabo Sweeney versus Notre Dame who is going to win straight up after that dorky stunt he pulled he and Clemson are going to get back on the board in the win column wow I don't know what to make of either one of those teams <laughs> exactly so take Clemson okay I will take Arizona State plus 11.5 against Utah. Did you hear Brent Venables talk about Arizona State this year? I, as somebody who stays up incredibly too late on Saturday nights, I have watched a lot of Arizona State football. Kenny Dillingham is going to get him a quarterback in the portal this offseason, or they'll go with the freshman when he's healthy, and they're going to be really, really good. So for now, they're just a pest, and they're bothersome, Utah will win the game, but Arizona State will keep it close. I'll take the Sun Devils plus 11.5. So the the game that I went with for my upset special, they're spiraling. They've lost three straight. They got off to a good start. Loxley was regarded as one of the better coaches so far this season up until that point, and then it's obviously come off the tracks. I just have a feeling – I don't know that they're actually going to win this thing outright. I took it as my upset special. I would have rather had K-State. But uh, right. I do think Maryland's going to give Penn State a game, and I'm taking them plus the 8.5. I We were talking about that during the break. I like that game a lot. I just I haven't really been paying too much attention to Maryland since they've started to slide, so I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. But a team that caught my attention has been Virginia Tech. I'm going ne- not necessarily with teams that I think are going to go on the road and win, but teams that I think are going to go on the road and cover – they're heading to a really good Louisville team this weekend. 
Uh, it's nine and a half that Virginia Tech is getting. Give me Vatek plus the nine and a half this weekend against Louisville. Kansas backs up a win over oh, Oklahoma. They oh. head to Ames, and they get it done. Give me the Jayhawks plus two and a half. Too much offense for Iowa State. Josh, I'm with you on that one. I'm taking Kansas plus two and a half in Ames. I think they're going to be able to run the football against the Cyclones, and I think Jason Bean's going to be a problem. Kansas gets the win, and you owe me one more pick. I've got two for you, actually. Oh, I'll two just, more. Sorry. Bad math. Back-to-back real quick for you. Washington hands uh, USC another loss. I just think they're in that tier above. I know they've they've kind of they've tiptoed around here lately and haven't been super impressive, but I think they remind us this week versus USC that USC's just not in that same group with Washington, Oregon, those teams atop the Pac-12. And then Alabama versus LSU, the Crimson Tide. I'll take them at home to win by more than three. Love it. There you go. There you go, our top five, or excuse me, our six-pack of picks. When we come back, final thoughts presented by Primrose Funeral Services on the ref. All right, Primrose Funeral Services brings you our final thoughts every single day right here on the ref. Primrose Funeral Service, primrosefuneralservices.com. Planning, pre-planning, they've got you covered during one of the most difficult times that anyone could imagine Learn more at primrosefuneralservices.com. They've got a great staff where you can call them at 405-321-6000. Okay, so last week, last week, on a Friday, I emptied my notepad. Remember? Emptied all the things that I'd learned the week before. Emptied it. And unfortunately, about two or three of the things, well, two of them, ended up being DFW. Dead bleeping wrong, Josh Helmer. But... But We're here one to, of them I was here really to empty the notebook again. <laughs> I'm here to empty the notebook again. But this time I just want to say there are certain people that I've decided, and maybe you had decided this as well as OU fans, that you kind of pick and choose which piece of information you're buying into. So the handful of people that were like, Oh, it's gonna be a while before Tawi Walker is gonna get some carries, man. He's in hot water. Yeah, I kind of think I'm going to start ignoring those people, Josh. I think those people are off the list. Now, emptying the notebook. Here's what we know. Tawi Walker, Danny Stutzman, the buzz around their injury has not changed. Right? Gentry Williams has been practicing. It was at practice this week. But at least from what I've seen, heard, learned of Josh Helmer, it doesn't sound as if there are any updates in a positive or negative sense on either one of those guys going forward. I think it's going to be a game-time decision, and I think we'll all find out whenever we're on the Sooner Radio Network, whenever we hit the air at 1230, and we're down on the field and the players start to make their way out. I don't know what that does for anyone, except maybe heighten the concern a bit, but I will say, I think it's great for Kip Lewis to have the week and get some extra reps, right? I think if there was ever a game where I wouldn't mind seeing more of Kobe McKenzie and his physicalness against a tough-to-tackle Ollie Gordon. I think this would be that game. I'm not saying, oh, you're fine if Danny Stutzman doesn't play. What I am saying is I like the idea of these men getting a few extra reps this week. So that's the worst emptying of an injury notebook that I could ever bring you right now, Josh, but that's just the facts. Here's the other thing. Um, Oklahoma State's coming into this game 
fairly healthy. Now the uh, the left tackle who talked all the trash, he's been a little dinged up. So I don't know if he's going to be 100% heading into this game. They just recently uh, shifted him over to left tackle. But for the most part, for Oklahoma State, they're pretty healthy. Meanwhile, for Oklahoma, let's just think real quick. Stutzman, Peyton Bowen, Tawi Walker, Gentry Williams. Am I leaving anyone out? Of guys we're going to be having our eye on. Obviously, with the... the story surrounding Jalil Farouk yeah, and now. a couple of issues that he's had. Maybe that's going to be one worth keeping an eye on. But mainly tomorrow. Stutzman, Bowen, Gigi yeah. Williams, and uh, Tommy Walker. Th- those would be the big four. So today we talked about X-Factors. we got a handful of players that were submitted. Is there anything for you, Josh Helmer, that when you look ahead to tomorrow, you got to get off your chest as a final thought before we get out of here? I just want to see Oklahoma – come out and be the aggressor Uh, we've spent a lot of time this week talking about that but i think that's the determining factor if we see that oklahoma team show up i think they're going to win this bedlam and i think they're going to win it by two scores primrosefuneralservices.com i'll stay with what i've said throughout i was concerned last week i was concerned i I've always gone with Oklahoma's got the better talent. They're the better football team. They should go and beat every team in the Big 12, right? But something really concerned me about Kansas. And then when I found, then when I saw Jalen Daniels warming up, I'm not going to lie to you, man, it ratcheted up the concern even more. I'm like, oh, geez, if he gets out there. But it's a different feel this week, and it always has been. They're a one-dimensional football team, but yet they've still been able to go out and, and, and win fairly handily. Cannot turn the ball over, be aggressive, throw the ball down the field, and be the better team in special teams. Josh, Oklahoma has not been the better team on special teams, and in the very least, what, two of their last three games, yeah. maybe three straight? Got to be the better team in special teams. And that's Or just don't be the clearly worst team. Thoughts. that's right don't be the worst team all right steel man is standing by he and parker thune will take over josh have a great weekend buddy we'll be back on monday to break it all down and then join teddy toby and i live from stillwater tomorrow at uh what that be 10 30 a.m 10 30 a.m for josh on plank steel man and thune at noon next from riverwind on the ref